You're listening to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. Hey, thanks for tuning in. And a reminder to share this podcast with your friends. And also when you listen in, if you could leave comments and rate us, that is helpful in letting other people know that we are out there because the goal of this podcast is to equip us to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed. And it's my hope that something you hear compels you to take action as we journey together to play full out and live fully into who we were created to be. And so each week I'm going to invite a friend onto the show who is living their life unleashed and has a story to tell that will encourage us, inspire us, and also help us grow. And today on the show, I've invited my friend, Jill Monaco. She's the founder and CEO of Jill Monaco Ministries. She's also a certified freedom coach and creator of the interactive program for singles from looking to loving. Find the breakthrough you need so you can have the relationship you want. We actually talk about a couple of things. We start out talking a little bit about singleness. And for those of you who are married and tuning in and about to tune out, stay tuned because even if you are not single, I think you're going to gain something from this conversation. And then in the latter part of our conversation, we do talk about this thing called freedom coaching. And specifically, we talk about forgiveness and how forgiveness can lead to freedom in our lives. So happy to have Jill on the show. Stay tuned. And here is our conversation. Well, hey, Jill, welcome to the show. That's quite an opening. I think we have a lot of synergy (laughs) in our passions here. I think you're right. We sure do. It's funny how we met too. Like a friend of ours introduced us and she kept saying to me all these years, like, you're going to love Lisa. You have so much in common. Yeah, and the the one thing that we have in common is being single and in our forties. That's right. You just totally blew my age on air. Oh I shoot! Never I'm tell anyone. Sorry. Wait. Should <laughs> I? Okay. Should we go back and take no, that back? No. Yeah, no. And you no. No. Editing. In your late twenties. I know. No editing allowed. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you're up to these days. I mean, I know a little bit about your single matters community, and you've also been engaged in this freedom coaching, and you just released your first book. Tell us what's going on these days. It has been a crazy these days. You know how you have seasons where you're like, am I making a difference, God? Nothing seems to be getting traction. And then this year, it was like, things just blew up. I was really surprised. Um, So I released my first book, Freedom Coach Model, really because clients that I walk through a process, this model, um, had said, I'd really like to have that prayer or those questions or that illustration you walked me through. Do you have it written? down anywhere. And I didn't. It was, you know, um, some tools that I had made up or adapted from other ministries. And um, and sometimes it was unique for them in their session. And then I ended up using that for other clients. And so they were wanting a book and I literally put like what I thought was a PDF together. I'm like, oh, here's something. And then one of them said, you know, this should really be a book. I think it could help a lot of other people. And I was like, really? So I self-published it and it went to number one on Amazon. What? I could not believe it. <laughs> no joke. Wow. That's I awesome. Know. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That was totally the Lord because it, I mean, I worked hard and I did it with excellence as best as I could. I'd never published. So I had a lot of learning curves, um, but that's, that's just so Jesus wanting people to have freedom has nothing to do with me. So yeah. that was cool. Tell us a little bit about the the Single Matters community, because that's the first thing that you really launched several years ago. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how that came on the ra- radar and having a 
I don't know if you had a passion for singles at the time, but you had a passion <laughs> for coming alongside singles to have them be healthy and whole and Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, I had um, been on staff at churches and been in full-time vocational ministry for a while, and I was working for a nonprofit, and uh, the program I was in charge of um, got canceled. And so me and my team, we were out of a job. And so I was consulting and doing some things and really spent about two weeks um, at the end of... um, I think it was 2012. And I said, Lord, what did you make me for? Like, I can do anything right now. I can't continue to be unemployed in consulting, but you know, I can do anything. What do you want me to do? And I really took those two weeks away from all media, no Facebook, no television, and just prayed and fasted. And um, I'm not like saying like I didn't eat for two weeks. I'm just saying I cut like, out. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I cut out sugar, which was a big deal That's for me, huge. you know, and carbs. I like did like a Daniel fast kind of thing. Um, and so at the at the end of that time, I felt like he really showed me, I want you to take care of singles because I asked, where is there a need that nobody's taking care of? And not like nobody, like we know that people are. And since I've started, I've noticed other people around that time of year got this, or of well, not of the year, but in 2012, got the same message from God because I have friends now who have told me what they've started right around that time. Um, And so I was like, well, how am I supposed to help singles? And I felt like at that time, blogging was pretty big and had been going for a few years. And I thought, well, I really don't blog. And long story short, I said yes before I knew how to do anything. And I had a friend who built the website, singlematters.com for free. I had all these friends who said they'd write articles and blogs. I had an editor. I had someone finding photos. It was like just all the pieces fell in place. You know how that happens. Right. Um, and uh, so I started a nonprofit at that time at Jill Monaco Ministries, mostly because I'm not creative and I couldn't think of a name. So <laughs> you like, have a great name, so why not? It works. Um, and started the magazine and we launched in 2013. Wow. So, so. Let's, let's talk about being single for a little bit. And and for those of you that we probably have a lot of listeners that are single, and we probably have a lot of listeners actually that aren't single, but I, mm-hmm. I do believe that the topic or the dialogue about being single is important and valuable, whether or not someone is single, because we all right. probably have people in our lives mm-hmm. that are single. So what, what's been your journey in singleness? And actually, can I just even say, I don't even like the word singleness because it sounds like a, like a disease or something <laughs> like that. So what's been your journey as a single woman? Oh, thank you for that. Um, definitely been varied. Um, since you outed my age earlier, I've had enough time mm-hmm. to, uh, to go through different seasons. I've learned single being single in your 20s, 30s, and 40s is different. And I think that's one thing that maybe is difficult for even churches to help manage that because what they need is very different in each decade, depending if there's been divorce or prolonged singleness or or what have you. So my journey um, has been very eclectic just because of the different seasons of life. So I don't have children. So that puts me in a different demographic than other women at my age who are now divorced and have children. And so... um, in the beginning, I was not saved in my 20s right. um, and had really good relationships, had really bad relationships, but never imagined I'd be single for as long as I have been. So then I got saved 
And it's not like that fixed everything. (laughs) Um, But the Lord started showing me areas of my woundedness that He wanted to heal. And so um, I'm kind of making a real general statement, but as I started working in churches um, and I was working at this nonprofit in Texas, and I started going to something called Freedom Ministries. And it was there that I started going to these classes that talked about things like identity in Christ or shame or rejection or fear. Um, and these, and I was captivated. I was, I was getting so much freedom. We say freedom in Christ, like what does that mean? But as a single person in this season of my life, I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be single because I knew I needed to work on me. So I've gone from, hey, I'm not going to be single forever. Dating is what we do to, you know, lonely, to I need to be by myself and work on me. And so I think I've gone through every kind of single that there is, you know, mm-hmm. in in so many different ways. Yeah, no, I can I can relate to that. There are different seasons, right? Different mm-hmm. seasons where we realize the area of woundedness that we have that we need to be healed if if we are to be in a relationship we want the most healed and healthy and whole not perfect, right? Self-entering right. into that. And yeah. I, I, I'm with you in, in seasons of even contentment. Mm-hmm. And there are seasons of I'm not really content. And really, this is not how I thought yeah. my life would be. And then I'm content again. It's, it's, it doesn't seem to be kind of a, you know, a straight, you know, yeah. I don't know, kind of goes up and down sometimes. You know, and I think a lot of leaders don't say that. Like, I think it's important for us as leading singles to say, Yes, go where we're going with Jesus, but we don't have it figured out either. Like if there's something I say or do that helps someone, amen. Like, but I don't have it figured out. I'm not like a model to follow. You know, sometimes I find young women are like, why should I listen to you? Because I don't want to be single oh as long as gosh, you. Oh my gosh, I totally, I did a, I did a uh, sermon, gosh, a couple of years ago on singleness. And literally when I was, when I was giving the, the sermon, I said, um, you know, there, there's some people in the audience that are thinking, wow, I have hope. She's 40-something and single. And then there's the majority of the audience thinking, <laughs> I don't ever want to end up like her. Why should I listen to you? Right. <laughs> it hasn't worked for you. Why should I listen? Right. But that right. that's even an interesting thought that we have, right? That mm-hmm. like, what does it even mean that it's worked? Because I think, right. and, and I know that you would agree with this, that, you know, in the however long we're single, we have more of a purpose than to be married. Like there, yes. there are things in our life that God mm-hmm. is calling us to do at, at any mm-hmm. stage in our life. And that's mm-hmm. one thing, you know, as I talk to especially younger women that I see so much value and potential mm-hmm. and, and so many capabilities in and and really wanting to advocate that they they don't press pause on life because they're waiting for a mate or a relationship. Yeah. Like God has created you right now to make a difference exactly where you're at. And so it's it's focusing on that and no not so much focusing on, you know, being married as the end game. Yeah. You know, I attribute it to like when you're in college, you're not not going to go to college because you're looking for a mate. Like that's the season you're in. You're in college, you do both. You fully enjoy all the things you have at your disposal because you're in college and you can be looking for a mate. And in my season, I can be 100% engaged in the kingdom purposes and what God's called me to do, but I'm also 100% looking for that mate. And, mm-hmm. you know, and well, I guess the Bible says he should find me. Right. So hello, shout out. <laughs> Lisa and I are, no, yeah, um, right. we're here. Um, <laughs> but we can, in all seriousness, that it shouldn't be our main goal. It's just 
a different stage, married or unmarried. It's just a different stage of life. It doesn't change the core of who God made us to be, and it shouldn't. And if it does, then all of our hope is in marriage and not in Jesus. Right, right. And I think the other tension that I have lived in and I see others living in as well, especially from a a Christian perspective, is almost downplaying desire. Like, you should be content. You should be those things. And I think we can live in this tension that, Uh you know, that longing and contentment can actually coexist. I agree. Like, I can still have a longing for a husband, and I can still be content. And I know that sounds really mm-hmm. weird, but I do think that those two things, contentment and longing, can exist in the same space. And I don't think that's just singleness. I mean, there's a woman who wants a baby. Like, there's the longing to be a mother, but content in the season that you're in, because you're not ignoring all the good stuff, or we shouldn't, that God's already done and doing in your life. You just have a desire for something that I believe God put in us. I mean, if you think about it, God told Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And that was before the fall. So there was no sin. He was not separated from God when God said, it's not good for you to be alone. So in the, I look at it like, well, why wouldn't that work for me? Hmm. You know, why wouldn't God say, it's not good for you to be alone? He said it to Adam and, you know, he was a hundred percent, you know, he and Jesus or he and God were, you know, buddies. Right. So how much more for us? So what would you say to someone who says, yeah, you're right. It's even biblical. It's not good for man to be alone. So why am I a woman? Why am I still single? Yeah. Um, I have a philosophy on that. Um, I've spent some time praying about that for myself and for friends, of course. Um, And when I talk about this, I, I know not maybe everyone won't understand, but hopefully they do. When you come to faith, you hear God's voice because he called you and you just knew that he was saying something to you and you wanted to accept him as savior. And, um, and I attribute that the same way to hearing what I, what I'm about to say. So as I was praying about this, I was spending time in the word and in worship and praying for singles and the single matters community and really wanting to help them, um, get healthy because I saw so many broken people entering relationships and then getting divorced. So I thought, God, what is the problem here? And the prolonged singleness, friends that are amazing like you, I'm like, what in the world? How can, not, how can a man not see this godly, beautiful, powerful woman? And the Lord said, asked me a question, which I love that because that's what Jesus did so much. It was, I guess, a rabbinical way of teaching Mm -hmm. is that they would ask a question. And God said to me, Jill, what makes you think the enemy is attacking marriages only after the I do? Hmm. And I was like, huh, why do I think that? Because we talk about the attack on marriage, but there's an attack on my marriage. I'm not married yet, but when I do get married, we're supposed to be more powerful together. And studies, even scientific studies show that couples, they give more, they are participating in the community more, they're healthier, longer. There's all these studies that say, how good... Now, granted, if you have a bad marriage, maybe not so. But the way that God created marriage to be is supposed to be better together than alone. And so that's what I attributed it to. Yeah. And within that too, I think... You know the the reality is we don't live in a perfect world, right? And so there are, you know, God may have said, "Hey, you know what? I I would have loved to have had you be married, and not maybe as a result of of your sin or anything you've done, but it, and being in a fallen world, this side of heaven, there are going to be things yes. that we were designed for, that we were created for, that this side of heaven just won't happen because 
we do not live in a perfect world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very true. Like just stuff happens that I don't think God wants to happen, not to, and that gets into his sovereignty and that's a super messy subject, but there's lots of sin and evil in the world that I'm sure God is doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And not to tr- contribute the unmarried in the same way as maybe some, you know, children being murdered, but um I think there are times where he's like that's that was not my plan, but there's free will. And the thing I do know about God's sovereignty is though, when the scripture says he works all things together for good. So if something delays a marriage, God has a way of using all of that for our good and his glory. As long as we're not focused on us and our happiness and our glory, but his. Um, I can't say that any relationship I've had that didn't work out, I can sit here now and have regrets over. Like I'm like, oh God, look what you've done since then. You're so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what would you say to people who might be in the space of really desiring to be married and they're just not at a place of being okay with it? I would say I'm sorry it stinks. Yeah. Right? That's my response. It does stink. Cuz I-, I don't think we should give advice to people who are hurting, like comfort them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pray with you, you know? It stinks. Let's pray. Let's pray for God's best to come to you. Let's pray for his promises to come into your life. It's We shouldn't be so content, and this is even for your married listeners, we shouldn't be so content with going, oh, it's just not God's plan for them. We have to trust his timing. That's true. But what if we're missing promises of God because we didn't ask? And we didn't come alongside of each other. And we didn't, we do it for everything else. We do it for healing. We do it for someone to have a child. Like, why not marriage? You know, somehow that's, we take Paul's verse of, you know, better to be single and we run with it. I think that we can, we can become over spiritual about contentment and miss compassion for someone who has a God given desire and doesn't know what to do with it. Cause when we're, when we're not emotionally hurting and broken in that area of a need of a relationship, at least when I'm not, I'm much more productive for the kingdom. So sometimes like, let's patch up the boo-boo and let's comfort someone and equip them to go on out there, mm-hmm. but don't ignore it. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that you said that because a lot of times it's about being in that space with someone where they're at, not trying to fix them, not trying to you know, wish it away or over-spiritualize where they're at, but just to to listen. And I like that. You know what? That really stinks sometimes. Mm -hmm. And being in that space is really hard. Yeah. And having a a level of of empathy. I I remember, gosh, this was in my 30s. My friends would say, well, he's just right around the corner. I know. I've heard that too. And I thought, (laughs) how do you know? (laughs) Did you get like, did did God drop a little note in your lap? Uh, But rather than just saying, you know what? As you said, I hear that that's something you really want. And I, you know, I want that for you too. Because mm-hmm. our friends with really great marriages, that's what they say to me. I have a great marriage. I want you to have this. This is so good. This is my best friend. It's my person. It's, you know, yeah, there's hard times, but it's not supposed to be, you know, when marriage is like the Lord ordained it to be, it's not supposed to be hard all the time. My parents have a phenomenal marriage. They've been married forever. I don't even, I've lost track of how many years. Wow. And I've seen the bad, but man, their, their marriage is beautiful. So 
That's awesome. Well, tell uh, tell us a little bit about, so you've done the, the Single Matters community and you've done some of the freedom coaching and mm-hmm. how have those two merged together? Tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, that's another funny story. Um, I kind of asked God that too, because I was like, oh, I feel like a jack of all trades. I'm running this community and with the magazine, it started off as a magazine with articles and then it turned into, you know, a Facebook kind of community and social media. And, um, and then I was doing the coaching and, um, I was really passionate about relationships. And so I'd find my single friends coming to me and I was using ministry or coaching tools with my friends to help them. Um, Mostly I I specialize in the getting emotionally healthy. So working through rejection and shame or father wounds or mother wounds or defense mechanisms and lies we believe, things like that. And so they were very separate things. But then just as God would do, it started like I noticed some of my coaching tools were helping my single friends. And um, one year, I can't remember what year it was. Um, I think it was 2016. I was praying again for singles and I felt like the Lord said, do this course for them, teach them this. And I thought, oh, I could just apply this because I was working with married people and I still do with coaching. And I thought, oh, okay, what does that look like? And I kid you not, it was January. And he's like, yeah, release it for February. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I am a like wow. organized, I'm going to come up with a name and a logo and the right marketing and the right, you know, I have to figure out my teaching and all this stuff. And he was like, no, 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 you're going to release this. Totally out of my comfort zone because I don't like to do things unless it's really good and it's going to be effective. I want to help people. I'm not going to put my time in for something that's haphazard. And um, so I released all the marketing and said, I came up with this name with a friend that helped me from looking to loving find the breakthrough you need so you can have the relationship you want. And I advertised it and signed, just hooked up my PayPal and said, here's what it costs. It's four weeks of live training. You'll be on a call with me and uh, we'll have a private Facebook group. That was it. And every week I had to pray and ask God for content. So the girls that took it the first time, they don't even know this. So (laughs) the first week, um, he said, encountering God, that's what it's going to be about. And so I taught people how to hear God's voice and how to encounter his presence and get rid of defense mechanisms and lies they believed about God or themselves or others. And then the next week um, was forgiveness, then rejection and fear. And every week I spent time with the Lord to prepare the teaching for that week. Um, and I was like, this is hard. I can't believe pastors do this every Sunday. <laughs> like It was really a lot of work. But anyway, that launched um, the course from Looking to Loving. I've been doing it every year since. Um, and it's always in February and usually another time during the year. Last year, I did a live event in Dallas um, and we had a great turnout. I love the live because we could add so much to the day. Um, So that's how it blended. My coaching and singleness came together. And here's the thing. This was so fun. I was afraid to say it, but I said in that first time, I feel like the Lord says there's marriages for this year and you don't want to miss it. And every year I feel like he's like, yay, I'm excited. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to set them free. Like the first year, I can't remember, four or five people got engaged or married within that year that had like been eternally single, like single, never had a boyfriend, a single, never dated, like crazy stories came out of it. It was so much fun. So what are some of the, just to give our audience a little bit of a taste and at the end of the show, we'll direct them to your website and how they can find out more information of some of the programs you do, et cetera. What are some of these freedom coaching techniques? Are there, hmm. are there things that you can share as yeah. we 
talk right now that maybe even help our listeners to get started in some of these freedom techniques? Sure, absolutely. Um, So like I said, I blended some coaching and some ministry tools together. So I had learned some things from other ministries. So some of this may not be unfamiliar to people. Um, But one of the things that's different about the model that I do are... um, are the questions that we ask in the beginning and at the end. The middle piece, which is the ministry piece, is hearing God. So the way that it works is I'll be, if we're working through forgiveness, say, I'll ask God, like, all right, what do you, you know, what do you want to accomplish during this session? So I'm praying and I'm trying to hear what he wants that person to get, you know, freedom from or what's going on. And often they've told me. And so, um, the first question might be to you, Lisa, I might say, you know, just be in the presence of God and ask him, is there anyone I need to forgive? And the first person that comes to mind is usually the Holy Spirit because we're not really, you know, prone to like come up with that stuff ourselves. And uh, and then I walk them through discovering with God, asking him questions, you know, what did that do to my heart when that happened? And what offenses have I had since then? How have I allowed that offense to affect my other relationships? How has that affected my relationship with you, God? Um, What lie have I believed, basically? And then we'll often ask, well, what is the truth about this situation or you know, about the lie? And what was the enemy saying? What do you have to say? So I mix all these different tools that um, get the person to a place where at the end we pray and say, okay, in this case, it would be, Father, you know, I choose today to forgive this person for what they did and how it made me feel. And I release them from any consequences, which is often really hard because Mm -hmm. we often, it's like if someone ran your leg over with a car and you've got a broken leg, you are dealing with the consequences and they've moved on with their life. And so we release them from those consequences. And then the best part that the Lord showed me was to bless somebody at the end and just bless the heck out of them. So, you know, if they stole money from you, you bless them with financial prosperity. And that is, it's hard. But, uh, you know, when we get our mouth to work, our heart catches up because our minds believe what we say. And so that's why there's power of life and death in our words. And so we do some declarations and then we might do uh, some sort of a way to seal the deal at the end. It's different for every client. So in my book, The Freedom Coach Model, that's what I, there are 20 different subjects. Um, there's lies and truth. There's how to deal with emotions. There's releasing fear, hatred, um, breaking ties with maybe the occult if someone's done that. Um, uh, I'm forgetting. There's yeah, like so yeah. many topics, but that's that's basically it. It's interesting you talk about forgiveness because I'm going to this, I don't even know what to call her, but she does something with muscle testing or something along that line. Yeah. And I've been having this persistent issue and it's just really, it's like a physical manifestation. And mm-hmm. she has given me different, um, it's not medicinal, but what do you call like... Um, Aromatherapy oils or something? Yeah, different things that aren't like typical Western medicine. Anyway, mm-hmm. like someone might take vitamin D for depression or whatever, but that, that's right. not what I'm taking. I can't even think of the, the word right now. Uh, supplements. Oh. Yay for me. <laughs> I just came up with the word. Yeah, that's supplements. Awesome. And, and this this persistent issue has not gone away. And she, I was about to leave her office the other day and she just sat and she's like kind of, you know, listening and asking God, okay, what like what could be going on right now? And she said, mm-hmm. you know, there's someone in your life right now that you need to forgive that you haven't fully forgiven. Mm. I was like, dang. <sighs> 
So I share that because even the, yeah. the lack of forgiveness can have like physical manifestations for us, right? And, yeah. and Jesus talks about forgiveness yeah. quite a lot in the Word. Yeah. Like that, that's something it's that's big deal. super critical. So how, how does working on this freedom technique for forgiveness, like how does, how does that help us to live more whole? Or how, what have you seen the result be as you see people experience more freedom in this area? Yeah. Oh gosh, it's such a great question. I do the for the forgiveness exercise is like the second one I do with clients. So the first one's always encountering God's presence and I need to learn how do you hear him and sense him and you know and often it's a boohoo session um which is beautiful boohoo. Um the forgiveness one um people put their walls up a little bit like uh cuz what you're holding on to um that pain is you think it's helping you not feel the pain but it's causing pain. So um, the things that I've seen people get free in this forgiveness exercise is like what you said, physical stuff, Mm -hmm. um, aches and pains, stomach issues. Um, But what it does is it frees you to think like God. So when you think like God, you make choices like Him. So when you're hanging on to unforgiveness, you're not thinking like Him. So it kind of is like putting on glasses that are dirty and you see the whole world through those glasses because the unforgiveness causes things to be distorted or blurry because you judge other people by that last experience. Yeah, that's good. So it can do anything from physical to setting you on your path for your destiny. There's um, in the scripture, I want to say it's Matthew 28. I'm going to have to look it up. But it's where um, Jesus tells the parable of the man who was forgiven a large debt mm-hmm. by his master, but didn't forgive someone else. And he put him in jail. That's what we do. We When we choose not to extend what's been extended to us, we are put in bondage, not because that master didn't want to. He, it like... Everyone else was complaining. Like he's like, why couldn't you do this? And so we put ourselves in jail and we're like, you know, it's probably like a kid putting themselves in timeout. Like, right. you know, <laughs> when you stop being mad, you can get out of your timeout. Um, so but the way the Lord showed me, it's interesting that you say physical. So I was getting a massage. Is it okay if I tell a story real quick? Yeah. I don't know where we're at in yeah, time on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was lying face down on a massage table, and this is when I first discovered this tool. And um, I had really bad pain in my back between my shoulder blades, and I had had a relationship where I was really wronged by um, a man I was dating, and it was really bad. And so I was lying face down, and this woman just said, "You, whatever this is, you have got to let it go. Mm. And I knew immediately what it was. Wow. And that's often how God works. Like you just have that knower, like you know right. that it was the Holy Spirit saying that's it. And so as I'm watching the tears fall from my straight from my eye straight to the floor, I was like, God, I just want to know why. And I heard the Lord say, Jill, forgiveness is not needing to know why. Hmm. And I was like, oh. And it just I chose in that moment to not need to know why. And, um, and I find that a really important piece of forgiveness because it shifted everything for me and I've seen it shifted for other people too. Right. And, and it's hard. You might have to do it again and again. It's not always like a one and done, um, but it's almost like layers. God gets to the different layers. That's why I say when you bless someone, it really helps because you can't have anger where there's gratitude. 
Yeah, that's good. And I love that you say that forgiveness is oftentimes, it's a, it most oftentimes a layered experience. Like we may have this mm-hmm. perception of I've forgiven and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm totally free and that person, I've totally set that person free. But oftentimes it, it, it is a, can be a lengthy process yeah. of oh, setting them free. And we're just sometimes stuffing. We say, oh, I've gotten over it. I moved on. No, you're just stuffing it. That's not the same. And when you stuff it, it's deeper and it's, that's when it usually becomes physical. Well, and one way that I know that I haven't fully forgiven somebody for something is if I'm in the same room as them and mm. I don't even feel full freedom to be in the same room. Like there's part yeah. of me that kind of wants to avoid or, yes. you know, hide or have any other reaction than just being free to be in that space with that person. It's usually mm-hmm. an indication there's still more excavating to do, Lisa. There's still more that you have to take a look at of of what mm-hmm. you need to forgive this person for. And and forgiveness not meaning that the person isn't wrong in some way. Right. Um, but but releasing them from mm-hmm. bondage that we have put ourselves in, releasing yeah. them from that and releasing ourselves because unforgiveness, as you said, often keeps us in our own time out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know the thing that you said that just remind me of something that might be helpful to the listeners is that sometimes it, we can forgive and forgive, but we need to confront and you know, I, I hate when people twist the you know tell speak the truth in love, because love when you're speaking love is really saying this is not who you are to the person who offended you. That's not who you are. That's not your best self. I love you. I don't want you to be disconnected from God because of what you did to me. I have prayed for mercy for people who have done things that have been wrong to me that I've had to forgive. And that often helps me forgive them. Like, Lord, they don't know what they're doing, just like Jesus said at the cross. Mm-hmm. And and that helps when we vocalize that, the enemy must hate that. He hated it when Jesus did it. And we, I believe we release something into the atmosphere when we approach them and say, you know, I really love you and I value our connection and we've been disconnected. And would, can you sit down? I just want to hear your heart. I just want to hear from you. Um, or just sometimes you have to say something to them and say, I just, I don't want to bring any more challenges or condemnation. I just, I want to, as a churchy word, like, I just need to share with you how that thing made me feel. Would that be okay with you for me just to share my feelings? And when your heart is tender, people can tell when it's safe to have that confrontation versus I need to tell you the truth right now and I love you. So I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not how we say it, it's the heart behind it. Um, and so that's what I mean by coaching. Sometimes we'll work through the exercise and at the end, there's something that needs to happen and it's coming up with the plan. How are we bravely going to tackle this? So Right, right. That's good. Well, we are sadly running out of time here and there's so many more things that we could talk about. <laughs> I know. And you're just a wealth of information. How, how can our listeners find out more on what you're up to. You've got some courses coming up. You have one specifically for, I think it's for single women, right? And it's for single men and women. Oh, men yeah. and women. Okay. Yeah. So just yeah. tell us a little bit, do, do, do a little pitch, do a little <laughs> elevator pitch on, okay. on what you're up to and how people can find out more. Okay. Um, well, jillmonaco.com is where you can find everything. There's a link to everything at jillmonaco.com. So there's a link to Single Matters Magazine or the community, which is singlematters.com. Uh, there's a link to my podcast. Uh, Again, I'm not creative, Joe Monaco Show. There's uh, a link to sign up for the program from Looking to Loving, which launches again in February. So sign up is in January of 2018. 
Um, what else? I, just anything that I'm doing, any programs there. If someone wants me to come speak at their event, I do this course um, from Looking to Loving Live. And so I've been starting to hear some invitations to do that in someone's church. Um, so I think that's I think that's my elevator pitch. And you can buy my book on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, which I can't... That's amazing that it went to the top on Amazon, self-published. I mean, that's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, we fell from grace. We're not, we're not at number one anymore, but it was really fun while it lasted. You know what? That's life, right? You, you know never what? you never maintain the same position, but you're grateful while you're there and you just yes. do what you're supposed to do and you know, God will... You know, Priscilla Schreier just came up on my butt and she took it, <laughs> took the number one spot. Darn her. <laughs> well, I love what you're up to. Thanks so much for Thanks. just heeding the Holy Spirit and being obedient and saying, what's next, God? And and stepping into that and all of that God has been able to do through you because what he continues to do in you. Thank you. Yeah, really grateful. Really grateful. Hey, you guys, it's been great having you listen in. Again, remember to share these podcasts with your friends because we want to come alongside each other on this journey that sometimes is smooth, but often is a little bit rough and tumble. And know that we are in a position where we can learn things so we can live more fully playful out and be the person that we were created to be. So tune in next time. We've got more coming at you and we will see you next time.